Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast with your hosts, Karen and Dan. Welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey, everybody. Dan here. And hello, everyone. It's Garen. And this week, we're going to be using our own big imaginations to reskin our characters' races and classes. That's right. Garen and I have both agreed on science fiction-themed reskins for our characters this week. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with the concept of reskinning, don't be afraid. Just kind of think of it this way. Have you ever had an idea for one of the character builds that you were thinking about, but something about one of the character races or archetypes just didn't quite fit? Well, that's just because something was not written exactly the way you envision your character. It doesn't mean you have to compromise the idea completely to adapt what is written in the book. The whole idea of reskinning is making small thematic adaptions to your character's classes, abilities, archetype, or race to accommodate what you're imagining for your build. Well said, Garen. Now, what we are featuring this week may be a bit of an exaggeration on these reskins. What we really hope to drive home here is that this game is simply as limitless as your imagination. That's why we decided to go with level 11 characters this week to give us plenty of abilities and spells to reskin. Every imagination can use a little boost, though, Dan. Take cantrip candles, for instance. There are purveyors of 100% soy candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures like D&D and Pathfinder. They have a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world, musty taverns, library full of arcane texts, or how about their brand new scent, Scarborough Fair. Nothing immerses you into an open-air market atmosphere quite like this candle with its spicy notes of what else? Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Of course. But to be honest, you can find a scent for any of your adventure settings in their sampler pack. Once you decide you want to buy every single one of them, we're happy to announce you now can. The lab will help cover some of the costs. When you use the code LABRAT at checkout, you receive 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles. And if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners, Garen. My ears are still bleeding from that beautiful rendition of Scarborough Fair. I was Paul Simon. (laughs) <laughs> Not our Garfunkel, just in case you're curious. Oh, so you lost your damn mind. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, let me share a little something about my friend this week, Godzuki. What? What is this? That's, that's right. I built Godzilla's son, Godzuki. If you don't know who that is, I can't help you, but YouTube is wonderful. And I really highly encourage those of our listeners that don't know who Godzuki is. I did not write a backstory for this because I don't want people to... I can't do Godzuki justice. You need to watch the 70s cartoon show by Hanna-Barbera that features Godzilla's son. It is the best thing ever. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't write a backstory for this. Dan, I don't know how how much you know about how much of a Godzilla fan I am, but I think I'm going to love this character. 
<laughs> well, let me tell you, this is a green dragonborn, <clears throat> sorry, Godzillasaurus, level 7, Sorcerer of the Radiation Freak Origin from Middle Finger of Vecna, level 4, Oath of the Apocalypse Paladin from the Unusual Oath Supplement by F Frederico Pilieri, that's on DM's Guild, and I went ahead and used the monster background from D&D Beyond, that's written by James Intricasso. So you have three different third-party pieces of content in this one character. That's right, baby. Wow. I understand this is a reskinning episode, but I still reskinned the third-party stuff, but I just wanted to find stuff that was suitable enough to make a monster, basically. But it's a friendly monster, nonetheless. I like this. I'm into this. I like this radiation sorcerer. Can't wait to hear more about that. Okay, so you got no more backstory. You're ready for my guy. Let's do it. I want to take you to a faraway planet on the edge of known space. A over-exuberant inventor went to that planet to be alone. But he didn't just want to sit there by himself for the rest of his life. He had a plan. He created a kitten-making machine. And the kitten-making machine, once activated, just starts pumping out kittens until the entire planet was covered in kittens and he could just frolic in kittens for a lifetime among the cuteness alone and in peace. Now, when he died, the kittens naturally ate him almost immediately. And then nothing happened for several millennia until other planets noticed that this loan, they thought it was even just a moon, all of a sudden ships started coming off the moon. And soon after, they were visited by the citizens of this planet, a race of cat people. And I have reskinned the tabaxi to be these cat people from this planet that evolved on their own, taking the technology from the inventor and making it their own and teaching themselves science through that. Now, one of those tabaxi has access to a very powerful tool that allows him to look into the universes that are parallel to his own and even dip into those universes a little bit at a time. Using the machines that he has hooked up to his body, verse patches, as he calls them, he is able to go into other universes. And so I have reskinned the Sorcerer Wild Magic subclass to be the Multiverse subclass with this Tabaxi. And I have a Drifter background that I found on D&D Beyond. And because he goes into other universes, I am naturally calling this character Kitty Rick. <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. All right, looking forward to hearing what you have there. Now that we've gotten these two sci-fi cons introduced, why don't you tell us how you do in the melee category? Happy to do that, Dan. I think we're going to start off pretty low here because Kitty Rick, he's basically a hand-to-hand -hand kind of guy. He doesn't really believe in carrying a weapon. He uses his claws 1d6 damage on an attack, and he has a strength modifier of nothing, so that is better than nothing. I'll take a minus one. Okay, at least you're honest. Rare moment of honesty from one Garen Jones. So for Godzuki, I am arguing a plus one. So I have Great Claws, which uh, is a plus seven to hit and offers two attacks. It's a reskinned rapier. However, because these are claws and paladins don't necessarily use rapiers, I like this as a 1d8 plus three with two attacks or... Godzuki can use the stomp attack, which is plus seven to hit. You get one attack with that. It's a 1d12 plus three, which is a reskinned battle axe. Wow. I would argue that a Godzuki would not be a finesse-typed claw. You know, Godzilla is more of a brute strength kind of guy. That feels more like a longsword than a rapier to me, but I'm not going to... Well, because it's a finesse ta, 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 because it's a finesse weapon, you can choose to use your strength or your dex modifier, and my friend... 
I have a strength of 17, a dex of 11. This is using the strength modifier. All right, fully understood. You can have your plus one. But does Godzuki have ranged? I didn't actually finish. So... Oh! I have a channel divinity of Instrument of Death. Now, this is a feature of the Oath of the Apocalypse Paladin from the Unusual Oath Supplement. As an action, you can imbue one weapon that you're holding with the power of entropy using your channel divinity. For one minute, you add your charisma modifier, which in my case is a plus three, to attack rolls made with that weapon. The weapon also sheds a quivering red radiance and emits a bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light for 20 feet beyond that. If the weapon is not already magical, it becomes magical for the duration. So I liked to reskin this whole thing to envision that when you watch those old Godzilla flicks, especially the old stuff, when he's stomping or he's crushing with his claws like a car or a train or something, you know how it just like immediately just bursts into flames? Oh, yeah. I like to envision that this uh, channel divinity is like when he's really mad and he's stomping on like a car or a building or something and it just explodes. Oh, and it looks like cardboard. And then the people yeah. are running against the green screen. I love it. Fantastic. Bingo. Yeah. So that's that's for my plus one argument. Yes. Very well handled. That's definitely a plus one. I said it before, but now I say it with even more fervor. So I ask <laughs> again, do you have any ranged? I don't. That's that. Do you? I am arguing a plus one with ranged. Kitty Rick has a laser pistol. I found this on D&D Beyond. That is a 3d6 damage with a 40-foot range, 120-foot maximum range. Well, of course Kitty Rick would. Yeah, so I'm arguing a plus one on that. There's no dex modifier to the damage because, rightfully so, a gun is just a gun. Yeah, so it's this just is a gun. I like it. So now, when it comes to burninating or magic damage, what does Kitty Rick... Well, how, how do you say Kitty Rick? He's always got, you know, his pickle Rick... Tiny Rick. How oh, you yeah. saying Kitty Rick? Nah, Kitty Rick. Okay. Kind of like, like a it. like a like a cat screech all the time. Kitty Rick. Kitty Rick. What does Kitty Rick bring to the table? I can't That's gonna get justice. annoying. Kitty Rick has two cantrips: Ray of Frost and Shocking Grasp. Here's how I started reskinning these spells. Shocking Grasp is Kitty Rick overloading the charge on his verse patch, which is connected to his arm. So he's just overloading the mechanic to make it, you know, purge electricity at his opponent. He also can do Lightning Bolt which is a severe overcharge of the verse patch. And then he has Wall of Light, uh, where he's going to start opening up portals to other dimensions. Wall of Light is a level 5 spell, where he's going to open a gate to a nearby star, letting in some of the star's light right there on the battlefield. It's 60 feet long, 10 feet tall, and 5 feet wide. Garen, I argue that this spell already exists, where you can create a door to a new portal, or you can banish to another plane. I'm not sure reskinning was necessary for this, and I don't know how I feel about it. I'll let you continue, though. If you're down on this, you're down on the entire thematic idea of my character. <laughs> All right, so let me explain here. What I'm doing is instead of being able to cast these spells through magic, he is pulling these energies either through the actual machines that he's using, or like this, the wall of light is not a magical wall of light that he creates using the weave, as you would in Faerun. He is opening a gate to the inside of a nearby star, and the light of that star appears where he opens the gate. Okay, I, I mean, I can get down with it. I hope so, because otherwise it can be a long episode for both of us. <laughs> Here's where it gets gnarly on the wall of light. If you're in the area, you got to make a con save or you take 4d8 radiant damage and you are blinded. While the wall of light is in play, I can use my action to launch a beam from the wall to a creature within 60 feet. I make a ranged spell attack against them, dealing 4d8 radiant damage on a hit. Whether I hit or miss, 
the wall actually reduces its length by 10 feet. If it drops to zero, it disappears. I just thought that was a really cool spell. I am arguing a plus one on burninating. Oh, I'm going to use one of my classic lines here. There's no chance you're getting a plus one because I'm arguing a plus two. If you have about five minutes, go ahead and pop some popcorn. I have a breath weapon that I'm reskinning as a weak atomic ray. Now, if you watch the old Godzilla films, atomic ray or the beam of radiant energy that comes from Godzilla's mouth comes in many different forms. And so the breath weapon would be a weaker atomic ray. Deals out 3d6. I'm reskinning it as radiant damage. And then I have a radioactive feature of the radiation freak sorceress origin. Starting at first level, my body is saturated with harmful residual radiation. I can use my action to activate or suppress a radioactive aura or aura, however you like to say <laughs> aura. that <word>. Aura. <laughs> While active, your body glows with a bright light in a 10 foot radius and a dim light for an additional 10 feet. Additionally, each creature that comes within five feet of you or ends its turn in that area takes 1d8 radiant damage. Thought that was a pretty cool feature. I didn't even need, I didn't even reskin it because I like it. I also have high power, which is another feature of the radiation freak. It kind of does the reskinning for me because whenever you deal cold, fire, lightning, or poison damage, you can replace the damage type with radiant damage. I also have storm sphere, which I reskinned to radiant. Uh, like a radiation blast, which Godzilla can also do. He kind of can let off a nuclear bomb kind of at will. It deals out 46 radiant damage. Sickening Radiance. Didn't need to reskin this. Does 4d10 radiant damage on a failed con save and one level of exhaustion. Thought it was an appropriate spell. I have Tidal Wave. 4d8 on a failed deck save and it'd be knocked prone. Now, the reason I chose Tidal Wave is because in some of the older Godzilla films, he is frequently shown coming out of the water to approach uh, like a Pacific Island town nearby, causing gushes of surge, uh, storm surge to come in with his gigantic body. I also have Fireball and Lightning Bolt, which because of high power, I can reskin as radiant damage and use those as varying strengths of Atomic Ray. I also have the Lightning Lure Cantrip. Oh, come which, on. <laughs> which I would reskin as radiant damage for 3d8, which I kind of like the idea that he can cause storms of atomic energy to, to fall from the sky. Thunderclap, this one I really like. I reskinned this as my roar. Now everyone knows the Godzilla roar. Hell yeah. I reskinned this for 3d6 piercing damage to their eardrums on a failed con save. I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also have Firebolt and Create Bonfire because when you watch a Godzilla battle, everything is on fire all the time. I also have Divine Favor, which I reskinned as a spell that would be taken either in times of desperation or times where he is heavily outnumbered. It deals out an extra 1d4 on damage rolls with his claw or his stomp attack. I also have Searing, Smite, Thunderous Smite, and I have meta magic abilities of empowered spell and heightened spell. This is an easy plus two, and it makes your plus one look more like a zero or minus one. Here's the deal, though, Dan. You can have your plus two after you roll, but also I am going to roll on my multiverse surge table and see what sort of bonuses I get to my spells to show you just how cool these really are once they're in action. All right, I rolled a 15, so I'm going to take a plus one. 
So I get to roll twice and take the better because it's called Controlled Chaos. I renamed it to Patch Upgrade. So I took a 40, which means I regain 2d10 hit points on my burninating spells, which doesn't actually bolster my burninating argument at all, but that's False, pretty yeah. great. It is great. Doesn't do anything for your burninating argument. So if I took a plus one, I think you get a zero. No, 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 no. We agreed that you deserved a plus two. The roll was not in your favor. I still think you got a zero. I think you're a smelly. Thanks, Twitter. Twitter told me to call you smelly. <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> we do record in the closet while sweating a lot. Yeah, like after I record, I am smelly. Absolutely. So when it comes to control, I am arguing a plus one here. I have advantage on athletics checks used to cause structural damage, and I have plus seven to those athletic checks. I gave myself that ability because I think it's cool. I also have Dominate Beast because if you've ever seen him fight Mothra, you know what's up. Mothra's his friend, you ass. Have you ever seen Godzilla versus Mothra? Have you ever seen yeah, that they movie? Yeah, they do fight in that movie, but Mothra will be back in the new Godzilla movie and they will be on the same team, I promise you. <laughs> I also tipped my cap to the Godzuki cartoon show from the 70s, I Can Fly, which only Godzuki can do. Godzilla cannot. <laughs> and... I also have the friends cantrip because he was super friendly and had a lot of um, awkward teenage friends. I also have Bane, which I reskinned as my intimidating presence makes my foes weary in their attacks or ability rolls against me as they've never seen anything quite like me before. And then I also have Hunter's Mark and Compelled Duel. I think this is an easy plus one. Okay, friends is very negligible. Hunter's Mark is more burninating damage because all that does is no, deal it's additional not. damage. What else does it have? Am I missing something? Because it just does no. additional damage. Right, it allows you to do additional damage, but it's super controlling because you can focus on one foe. It's kind of a stretch on that argument. I will grant you your plus one. I am also arguing a plus one, but I'm going with more of a pure, concise argument on mine. I got True Strike, which I am reskinning as a tractor beam. So I lock that onto somebody and my next attack will hone true. I have got the heightened spell metamagic, which gives disadvantage on saving throws against my attacks. And I also have a cool spell called Scatter, which is reminds me of a just positioning from the Cobalt Press Battle Magic supplement. But this one is against unwilling creatures. And what I'm doing is I'm opening tiny gateways to nearby verses where the creatures are standing in different locations. So these creatures have to pass a wisdom save or I can move them within 120 feet of me. That is just redecorating the battlefield how I see fit, which is awesome if they get up on me and I need to move them back by my barbarian and my paladin friend. Yeah, one could say that that is like the epitome of control. You are the puppet master, the chess master, and everything in between. That's pretty neat. That's a level six spell. I mean, that, that's why it's so strong. I also have bend luck, which I'm calling overlap, where I'm able to pull a verse near me over for a moment. By spending two sorcery points, I can roll a d4, as a bonus or a penalty to a creature's roll. It's like granting Bane or resistance, but I get to choose the exact moment it happens and what is happening. So that is a pretty high level of control right there. I'll agree. So I'm also arguing a one. I like your one. I'm not going to argue on that. So how tanky are you, though? I'm not bad, actually. Sorcerers, as you know, are unarmored. So I actually took the lightly armored feet, so I would be able to wear some sort of space armor which is the extent of my reskinning god on that. So <laughs> I have 70 hit points. I have an AC of 15. Oh, I see here I called it flexible carbon, which is what I called the light armor. That's okay. I like it. I also have feline agility, 
and claws, which allow me to move around the battlefield and get into better positioning where I might not be attacked. I have the false life spell, which grants temporary hit points, and I can cast mirror images, which, as you know, is a very helpful spell to not get hit. It is. So you're arguing what for this category? Mm, now that I've said it all, it feels pretty good. I'm going to argue a one. I think it's more a zero, but I do I do like a lot of the tabaxi tankiness arguments with feline agility they have the ability to climb up walls will you take a zero i think it's more a zero i mean let's just be honest with one another here it probably is but let me see what you have and then then i will really accept it okay i'm I'm arguing a plus two here i have uh, an ac of 18 and 104 hit points i took the tough feet i reskin chainmail and a shield to a super tough godzillasaurus hide I also reskinned <laughs> I also reskinned divine health to atomic creation which makes me immune to radiant damage. I think that that's fair because I don't think that's something that's born from a nuclear disaster, nuclear bomb, nuclear bomb testing should be subject to radiant damage at all. I and see. I see. Yeah. I reskinned the dragonborn resistance for the green dragon from poison damage to fire damage because again, when you watch the Godzilla movies, they are basically relentlessly firing tanks and shells at Godzilla, and pretty much nothing happens. So I think resistance is appropriate. That's pretty solid. What's your lay on hands? Are you are you not counting that in here? I also have lay on hands, which gives me a pool of 20 hit points. I have adaptive resistance, which is a feature of Radiation Freak. Immediately after you take damage, you can use your reaction and spend one sorcery point to gain resistance to that type of damage until you take a shorter long rest or until you use this ability again. Now, this is Ooh, written as yeah, this is nice. written as if to be themed around tumors in your body allowing you to quickly adapt. I would reskin this as just heavy shots fired and a sort of just relentless reckless attack rage. Godzuki would come out twice as hard and just ready to bang. I also have stone skin which gives me resistance to bludgeoning, piercing and slashing damage for an hour when I cast that spell. I also have cure wounds which I would reskin as just a beefy monster who got shot by a fucking tank relentlessly and doesn't fall down. This multi-class is working out really nicely for you. I mean, pairing one of the tankiest classes with one of the most raw damage things, this is really nice. And I definitely agree that Godzilla is a sorcerer paladin in this world. So, yes, that is definitely plus two worthy. And I will take a zero. Sweet deal. Now, I'm sure, as a paladin, you got something to offer here, so how do you help your friends? Before we get into how... Godzuki helps his friends. I'd like to take a brief moment to explain how the listeners can help the D&D Character Lab. Now, at our live event on July 28th, we had quite a few people asking about our ability score shirts and where we got them. If you're curious about what the hell I'm even talking about, consider checking out our Spreadshirt page over at shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash D&D Character Lab. The link is also in the episode description on just about every single one of our episodes, and all proceeds benefit our show. Now, if you didn't even know that we had a live event, be sure to follow us, the D&D Character Lab, on Twitter and Facebook, at D&D Character Lab. Now, I don't have anything to help my friends. Minus two. Oh, you got nothing. So, I didn't include anything in this category because while Godzuki from the cartoon show did help his awkward teenage friends, albeit clumsily, get through some of their trivial, mundane problems, Godzilla proper would have none of that. I'm going with the minus two here. Yeah, it does remain to be seen if Godzilla actually cares about anyone, if he actually has any friends. Okay, yeah, you take a minus two on that. I am going to argue a zero. 
I have the mending cantrip, which is I am retheming as a 3D printer. That's how you fix shit. And I have teleportation circle, which allows me to teleport my people to any known teleportation circle. Well, I could lock into the Starship Enterprise. I go right to their deck and get my guys out of a bad way if I want, you know, because no one messes with the Enterprise. Okay. Or Enterprise Rent-A-Car. They'll, they'll come to you. <laughs> I got one real doozy here to wrap this up, which might actually push me into plus one category. I got Polymorph, which is huge of being able to basically wild shape your friend if they're really low on health. I do agree that, that this is, and I like what you did with the reskinning here. I'm going to have you roll for your zero that you were originally arguing for. Yeah. All right. So I need a 12 and I have a charisma of 17. Because Kitty Rick? I rolled a 15. Kitty Rick got an 18 total. Oh, I could have oh, got yeah. a plus two on this one. Yeah, you so got that zero. So how balanced are you? Pretty balanced, especially for a sorcerer. I got a strength of 10, dex of 17, con of 8, intelligence of 16, wisdom of 12, charisma of 17. This is a tabaxi, so I got to have that high dex. I figure a low con because he's just out there in space. I mean, he's not really getting into scuffles. He's more of just a a float around kind of guy and he probably drinks too much kitty rick intelligence of 16 which is actually pretty low for rick but i had to put those stats more into charisma as a sorcerer i don't like this argument Ooh, because it's kitty rick no i like the background to i like the background to influence the ability scores and you're saying i had to put them in because it's a sorcerer i don't know rick okay. himself proper is not very charismatic all right to be fair i named him last <laughs> I did so not even build... know where you were go you didn't even know where you were going with this thing I knew that I wanted to make this multiverse sorcerer <laughs> and then I came up with the tabaxi idea this is not the way I normally build characters but this is a reskinning <laughs> thing so my first goal in this character was to say what would be the most fun class to reskin and I picked wild magic sorcerer so those of you listening at home don't do like I done did <laughs> continue with your numbers <laughs> i'm gonna call it there i'll give myself a minus one for not building a character the appropriate way and i'll take a, a plus one on the overall category I'll, I'll agree with you there that was what i was going to argue now i'm, I'm okay. arguing a, pl a plus two here for balance so i made a balanced monster character so a strength of 17 dex of 11 con of 13 intelligence of 10 wisdom of 9 and a charisma of 16. Now the charisma I'm reskinning not for what? its well see not for its you know persuasion or blah 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 blah. See intimidation also falls under charisma and Godzilla and Godzuki are nothing if not intimidating. So that's your monster factor. That's my monster factor. Now I love I that. Also have uh, proficiency in survival because he was Godzilla and Godzuki were born out of nuclear fallout, basically. Intimidation. Insight. Now, I like to use this insight reskin as insight into abilities of their foes. They pretty much have good idea of who's the biggest threat. So that's what I'm, I'm liking there. And then athletics, which I'm reskinning this as just overall, like, strength and ability to crush a building. Nice. Absolutely plus two worthy on that. Solid. Now, for our smooth operator scenario, this was provided to us by our patron, Joan Gemstone. It states, a woman you thought was in danger is really the villain 
and has captured the entire party. She plans to destroy the plane of existence and move to the next. How do you get out? I answered this one by stating, in typical Godzuki fashion, I would befriend the teenage boys and girls in town using the friends cantrip, and <laughs> with my clumsy wit, I would go to rescue the woman. Upon learning of her true intentions, we would exchange stern words with her, and I would make silly sounds and fall down frequently. It would be very charming, and a poorly animated cartoon would be created out of, a, out of our adventure. I'm arguing a zero here. Because you called it poorly animated, that's absolutely a zero. I like that. <laughs> Very lazy animation. The mouth just kind of flapping open and closed. Guys, nice. check out Godzuki if you haven't seen it. Please. <laughs> Hanna-Barbera. You're really selling it. <laughs> I am arguing a plus two for Smooth Operator. I would use the Friends Cantrip, which I am reskinning as a computer that allows me to review all of this woman's social media history so I know more about her. So I cast friends on her and I tell her, whoa, 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 you know, I, I understand what you're trying to do here, but you got to let those guys go. My one friend there was actually infected with an alien creature and it was planted in her chest and she is about to erupt into a vicious monster. So obviously I'm talking about one of my real friends here. Then I polymorph that girl into an Otuga, O-T-Y-U-G-H. You know, one of those big things with um, the kind of hippo body and the big mouth and the tentacles that came off of it you almost got killed by oh, one yeah, of them hate, in my campaign so she polymorphs into one of those and i go to the you know the villain lady i'm like come with me come with me i'll get us out of here and i open a dimension door i cast a dimension door to help her get away now you have to be willing to get into the dimension door with me but i take her hand she's willing we're friends we i dimension door both of us off of a cliff i then use subtle spell and quicken spell to open another dimension door just for me, and I let her fall off the cliff. That is pretty smooth. Now, the only thing I'm going to argue with you there is I don't know if your altered friend's cantrip is actually magic because I've actually dated a few girls on Tinder that have used that exact same spell of reviewing your social media history to learn all about you before they get to know you in person, and that was the sole reason I got rid of my Facebook. So if that was magic, then I've been with quite a few sorceresses. Well, that's that's because <laughs> this is sci-fi reskin, so this isn't really magic. This is more like Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. I <laughs> yeah, I Black Mirrored this chick, okay? Yeah, plus two. <laughs> so how would you nice. handle this aggressively? So I got this little spell called Catapult. I don't know if we've talked about this one before. It allows me to take a one-pound object and launch it as a ranged weapon. And they have to succeed on a deck save or take 3d8 bludgeoning damage. Are you launching kitties? No, that's a great oh. idea because I've already talked about hating cats on the show before and I wouldn't do that again. I am reskinning this as a tiny and instant reversal of gravity to create the projection. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to catapult all the fucks I give away and then I'm going to plane shift me and my friends to the next plane and let her blow it up. <laughs> what are you arguing here? <laughs> I'm arguing a plus two. Plane shift, by the way, is a level seven spell that just basically lets you walk into another plane. Super nice. I <laughs> I like that argument. Plus two. Absolutely. Thank That's you. That's great. I'm arguing a plus two here. So I would summon my father, who would be a reskinned ancient dragon, Godzilla, to assist me in atomic raying this bitch so hard. <laughs> she was nothing but a huge <laughs> she was nothing but a huge tumor when we were through with her. We would then use her remains as a power source for the town for the next 400 years. I think that's pretty aggressive. 
<laughs> because you're doing so much Godzilla here, name me another Godzilla monster. Oh, did he ever fight Ray? Uh, what what's that goddamn thing's name? Raid. Come on, I'll Raid. give you your plus two if you can name me one more Godzilla monster. What is the name of that motherfucking thing? I watched the movie. It's like made out of an umbrella. It's a pterodactyl. I can't think of the fucking name. Got your name know. in it. Oh, Raydan. Rodan. Yeah. Very close. Rodan. You can still have your Rodan. plus two for Godzilla swag. Oh, didn't he also fight a machine version of himself? Who is called? Machine monster. So, so close. It's Mecha Godzilla. Come on. This is, this is kindergarten stuff. <laughs> well, anyway, so plus two. Would you play Kitty Rick? Hell yes, I'd play this. I chose mostly spells that allowed me to mess with other dimensions. I do have some burninating damage in there. This would be a lot of fun. I do want to play a tabaxi. I haven't got to do that in a game yet. And it's a really fun class. I mean, just the features it offers are very unique and a lot of opportunity. So, yes. Would you play Godzilla I, or Gozuki? I, I, would, I would play this, but here's the thing. I think this would be really funny. Can somebody please... I'm going to post the character sheet up on Twitter... Only if you promise, someone promises in their level 11 campaign, if their character dies, to plug in Godzuki. And I, I don't care if it fits or it doesn't. Be like with your DM. Yeah, I'm just using all Adventure League legal stuff, da-da-da-da-da. And then just plug fucking Godzuki in there. <laughs> That's when I would use Godzuki right there. Deal. I would love to play Godzuki in a game of our own, especially in a one-shot this was fun. I really enjoyed this sci-fi reskin. Thank you to our dear, dear friend on Twitter, Tyler MC, for suggesting we do a sci-fi reskin. Nice little departure from our normal stuff. And Dan, you still found a great way to highlight some third-party content. Nice nice on you. Yes, you could say these character builds were truly out of this world. Oh, God, I hate you. All right, let's take a look at what's coming <laughs> new and out of the lab. Oh, but if you guys are curious, and I know you're just keeping track at home, I won this episode... Six to five. Close match. Oh, stolen. You, you gave me those plus twos on, on all my charisma stuff. It was it was well-deserved. Well, thank you. And you know what else is well-deserved? Some attention on our DMs Guild content. Please check it out on dmsguild.com for all sorts of fun and interesting stuff. We got more coming on the way. If you can't get enough of our show, consider checking out our Patreon. We have a total of six Fight Club and five Monster Lab bonus episodes ready for you to listen to on Patreon. And you can give them all a listen today at the low, low price of $5 a month. That's all pretty great stuff. And as always, we featured some great works from the D&D community this week on our show. Please check the show notes for links to that content and uh, be sure to support those content creators. If you would like your content featured on our show, feel free to shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. And that about wraps things up for us this week, Lab Rats. Just remember, it doesn't have to be optimized. Oh, I had a burp. It just has to be fun. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at dndcharacterlab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.